This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Welcome to another episode of the Five Rounds Podcast, the only podcast out there with the cardio for those deep water championship rounds. I am Mags, and uh, talking about the cardio for those deep water championship rounds, we certainly needed that with today's card. Uh, every fight on, on the main card pretty much either going to decision or into those very, very deep water rounds. Uh, but before we get there, let's quickly run through these uh, these prelims. Uh, quite an early card, especially in the States. I think it was a, a 3 p.m. Um, Central Time start. But we started the card with Steve Garcia uh, getting the second round KO of Charlie Antiveros in the lightweight division. Skipping into the women's strawweight division, we got Lupita Godinez getting the first round sub off Silvana Gomez Juarez. Uh, going into the men's uh, featherweight division, we got Damon Jackson getting the the judges' decision over Charles Rosa. And then in the in the featured prelim, we had Alexander Romanov getting another huge KO victory. That's fifteen and all in his career. Uh, Really bloodying and battering Jared Vanderer. Uh, going into the main card, five fights on this card, and we opened with uh, Felipe Kalaresh versus uh, um, Chris Gutierrez in the bantamweight division. Gutierrez picking up the, the decision by splits, and it was a quite um, a weird split because uh, two judges had it had him winning all three rounds which I had him winning all three rounds and then the other judge had uh, uh, Felipe Calares uh, winning two of the three rounds I can understand why um, uh, he did have a uh, Felipe Calares did have a lot of uh, action on his, of his own uh, starting with uh, with the 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 high leg kicks he was very much in that uh, kickboxer stance uh, bouncing on his back leg and having his uh, his front leg hooked up um, but for uh, uh, Gutierrez uh, took a little bit of time to kind of find his range being the, the much shorter fighter uh, but once he found it he was able to to really kind of punish uh, Kolaris uh, Kolaris is only real uh, weapon of, of at least in this fight was was the kicks and uh, Chris Gutierrez was able to really kind of uh, flatten that out and combat it, uh, landing um, a lot more of his own kicks to the body, uh, landing the the leg kicks, which are really kind of a uh, 
uh, crippled uh, Kolarish and 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 the quick in and out uh, punches, the one twos, um, and then when it gets to the clinching on the fence, it's uh, it's Gutierrez that has the the huge advantage. He's able to to control uh, land knees at, at the back of the at the back of the legs, which obviously are, are pretty brutal. Um, and once he got into the the second and, and third round, he got uh, Chris uh, got a, a lot more confident, a lot more calmer with his with his shots, landing the bigger hits. Uh, Kolarish's uh, legs were were still incredibly uh, incredibly strong, but he started to switch up to to land more um, more shots with his hands. Uh, but that just f- fell into uh, into Gutierrez's uh, game plan because he's able to grab uh, underhooks and, and push for clinches a lot more uh, because of, of the arms. Um, uh, going through into the third round, it was pretty much the uh, the same as the, as the first two rounds where Gutierrez was able to uh, just be that much faster, that much uh, um, snappier with his shots. Uh, Kalaris went back to uh, to the kicks and he found that that uh, Gutierrez was able to kind of uh, avoid them a lot more uh, and for every kick that he was throwing Gutierrez uh, was landing uh, way more shots he was able to uh, land at least two to three punches to every one uh, whiffed kick from from Kolarish and then once we got uh, into the, the the closing segments of the the first round and we uh, we finally see uh Kolaris get the takedown after taking so many attempts to do it, uh, but uh, Guter is able to control from the bottom, um, hitting shots from the body, and Kolaris not really kind of uh, working at all at, at the uh, at, at, at the top position. But uh, Gutierrez is able to uh, scramble, get back to his feet, land some big punches, a huge elbow, um, and then we just got into the last 10 seconds or so, um, just uh, standing and banging, both guys really slamming each other, uh, and then just at the death, uh, Gutierrez lands a huge spinning elbow, followed up by a takedown, uh, and it was a great way to kind of rubber stamp a good fight by Gutierrez. Uh, for me, won every single round. Uh, two of the judges agreed with me, and it's a, a big, big victory for for Chris Gutierrez. Going into the the second fight on the card, we have uh, Maria Agapova and Sabina Matso in the women's um, flyweight division. And this, uh, again, a, a very dominant fight by a, a very uh, dominant opponent. I mean, uh, uh, Agapova was, was, was superb in this fight, really, really kind of abused um, Sabina Matsu. I mean, Matsu is not, uh, is not um, a can fighter by any, any stretch of the imagination. She's, uh, she's got a pretty decent record, but uh, this Agapova, uh, she's, uh, she's different gravy. Uh, Matsu um, weirdly had control of the the middle of the octagon uh, for for long periods in in this fight, uh, but Agapova's uh, range and Agapova's uh, dynamic um, striking um, really kind of give her a lot of problems. Uh, the biggest. Uh, the, the biggest weapon in Agapova's arsenal was was the the huge left hand. I mean, she has got a cannon of a left hand. But the problem is she she mixes it up with uh, with great kicks to the body and and uh, some really fast uh, 
powerful combinations when she gets uh, within range. Within the, uh, all the way through the first round, the, the, that big left hand scored time and time again. She was able to really damage uh, Matson. There was issues almost instantly with uh, Matson being able to breathe because her nose was just uh, just whooped over and over again. Uh, she has uh, Agapov was just laser accurate with that with that right, and then uh, following up with uh, body kicks and, and and like I said, the combos were just absolutely brilliant. Uh, she got very, very confident towards towards the end of the round, throwing spinning uh, uh, punches, which uh, kind of put her in a little bit of danger when she stumbled a bit. Uh, but she uh, she really dominated uh, Matzo from uh, from the outside of the cage in in that first round. And second round again, Matzo came out to to quickly control the centre of the octagon, landed a, a more of leg kicks. Uh, but again, Agapova waited for her opening, landed a few um, huge punches in a, in a big kind of like Blitzkrieg-style flurry. Uh, Matzo uh, was just taking shot after shot after shot on that on that chin. Um, but Agapova's hits were just landing every single time. And it was even the counter-striking that, that was doing paying dividends for Agapova. Um, uh, whenever uh, Matzo uh, whiffed on any of her own shots, she was literally taking three, four, five big shots to uh, in in punishment. Uh, essentially, uh, we started uh, seeing uh, blood uh, st- uh, start streaming away from uh, uh, from Matzo's nose, and then Agapava switched up, landing body kicks. Um, and fair play to Matzo. Like I said, she she gave her on, or she she's definitely not a can of a fighter, but. Um, she definitely tried to really switch up her game plan, but uh, Agapova was 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 always one step ahead of her uh, and landed damage no matter how uh, how Matzo tried to change up her attack. Uh, even when Matzo shooted for for takedowns, Agapova was able to to grab her and arch her back. So uh, as they stand up to to going for um, going for the chokes. Uh, coming to the the third round, and Matzo had it all to do. She had to uh, really push, and that ended up being a downfall because as she was pressing, uh, Agapova uh, landed a crisp right, um, drops uh, Matzo to the floor. Agapova um, could have easily gone for the ground and pound, but she saw that uh, Matzo, uh, his back was exposed, quickly locks in the the choke, um, and. Before there was any real pressure uh, put on the choke, uh, Matzo was quickly tapping, uh, which leads me to to think that maybe she had such a she took such a punishment in in the in the strikes that she she potentially may have a, a broken jaw uh, because as soon as uh, as um, uh, Agapava put some pressure on that that uh, that jawbone. She was tapping very very quickly. Chris Tonyoni quick to to split the fight up. Uh, but it's a, a a great win for Maria Agapova uh, and back to the drawing board. Unfortunately for Sabina Matzo. Starting for the middle of the card fight, we had Tim Elliott and Mataus Nikolaou in the um, in the men's flyweight division. Uh, both these guys are touching on the the top ten of the division. Um, Nikolaou very much the the younger fighter, uh, although ironically they both have a 
uh, the same amount of wins throughout the career, 17 wins for, for, for Nicolau now uh, and 17 for, for Tim Elliott. But the, the problem is Tim Elliott's uh, been very much a journeyman here in the UFC um, with a, um, a record, not the best, six wins and ten losses, but over the last few fights he's really kind of uh, stepped up his game and, and he's been almost like a career renaissance and he was looking to uh, to continue that bad beating uh, Nicolau uh, and really kind of cemented himself in that in that flyweight top ten and uh, maybe pushed for a top five fight after the after the fact and I think the issue was that uh, that Elliot way overlooked the the skill set of Mateus Nicolau didn't have the respect for him um, that perhaps he should have. Uh, and it's uh, it's cost him dearly. Uh, starting in the first round, and Elliot was so so dominant, uh, very much a, showing off his swagger, uh, arms down, uh, really kind of a um, flowing movement, um, almost kind of disrespectful to to Nicolau, But he uh, he successfully lands a, a lot of good shots. Um, Nicolau uh, does uh, retaliate um, with some uh, some right hands and and uh, some um, some kicks, but uh, what Elliot is able to do is to use Nicolau's weight against him uh, and and force the the, the takedowns uh, and the trips uh, to to uh, get. Nicolau in the in the positions that Elliot wanted him to be in in the ground where where um, Nicolau is able to to control. Um, he's not able to keep him down on the floor for too long, uh, but Elliot really kind of uh, showed his dominance in this first round uh, with his uh, wild and crazy shots uh, still landing, uh, able to to keep out of the the range of Nicolau for the most part and and control him when it when it got to the grappling. Um, now he was told in his his uh, in his corner, and I think his uh, cornerman was is James Krause. Um, listen, you you had, you absolutely dominated that round, but you need to tarn it up. You need to uh, stop being as loose. You need to show this fighter the respect. Keep your hand, hands up. Stop ducking down when you when you're going in for the takedown because you're telegraphing what you're doing. And he just didn't take any of that information on at all. In fact, in the second round, he was even more um, disrespectful. Um, he goes for a takedown straight away, but Nicolau is able to kind of uh, um, stay upright and avoid it. Uh, and Elliot's walking forward, hands down, and then he's clipped with some big, big shots. Uh, Nicolau follows them up with uh, leg chops and then bigger left hands. Um, but Elliot is kind of like um, showboating, kind of mean mugging him, uh, saying to him, come on, do it again, let's let's go for it. Uh, and when they get into the, the punch trading, it's Nicolau that's landed the, the, the bigger shots. The, the right hand was landing well, the left hand was ran, landing well. Um, and the the difference in the, the fight started to really show about halfway through the second round when um, Nicolau... Um, realised that a lot of his shots to the head was were were just missing because of uh, how dynamic Elliot's movement is, so he he switched up to start going for to focus on the 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 body punches, uh, because as uh, Paul Felder said in on commentary, uh, the head can move a lot, the legs can move a lot, but the body 
tends to stay in, in pretty much the same place and he really focused on, on, on that in the in the closing ends of the, the second round. Uh, Elliot really kind of uh, seemed to be tired, those punches taking a lot of gas out of him. Um, he is able to land some shots of his own but the volume definitely uh, definitely dropped. But that didn't say that the, the swagger or the, the showboating drop because he certainly was still able to, to pull that off, uh, really kind of uh, baiting his uh, his opponent, Mateus Nicolau. Um, and re- he was getting punished for it. Let's call a spade a spade. Every time he tried to to uh, to goad Nicolau, he was getting he was getting tagged. Uh, in the, the final minute, um, he's able to, to kind of force um, Nicolau up against the cage and starts to uh, to wrap uh, Nicolau up. He wants to go for the neck and we end up the, the second round, uh, a much stronger round for, for Nicolau and it's very much all to play for. James Krause again uh, reads the riot act to, to Elliot saying, look, you need to tie this up. You, you, uh, we're going into this now. This is the, essentially a one round fight because you gave that round away. Um, but again, uh, Tim Elliott had to do Tim Elliott things, and he started to to do that showboating uh, and the, and the kind of a, the the no um, defense with his with arms down, and he was like he was hit um, a lot again by Nicolau. Um, and every time that he swung, Nicolau was able to slip and to counter shot. Um, um, and able to kind of pick off Elliot uh, with the with the shots uh, to the body. Elliot uh, went for a, a takedown about halfway through the round, uh, unable to get it. Uh, but Nicolau uh, really kind of uh, put the car amongst the pigeons when he shot for a takedown uh, and drove it through and landed the takedown. And in in close guard, Elliot was able to kind of uh, tie up Nicolau so he couldn't. Um, he couldn't land any big shots, but Nicolau, with still with that well-conserved cardio, able to lift Elliot up and, and slam a few times. Uh, but to no avail, uh, Tim Elliot kept those arms pretty tied up. Uh, Nicolau was was trying to create space, unable to though. Uh, Elliot was uh, was uh, holding him off. Uh, eventually, Nicolau uh, gave up the position, uh, let um, Elliot back to his feet, and the. The fight ended and the judges gave it um, all three, uh, 29-28 to Mateus Nicolau. Uh, a, a great way to show how uh, game plans can change in mid-fight and really uh, really help um, change the, the, the outcome of a fight because after that first round, I think everybody had the, the fight tagged for, for Tim Elliott uh, and... Um, Nicolau was able to really change that up and and uh, and essentially pull a victory out of the jaws of defeat. So great victory for for Nicolau there. Co-main event time, and we had Randy Brown taking on Jared Gooden in the welterweight division. Randy Brown, um, much much bigger than his opponent, uh, but Jared Gooden uh, missed weight, and Randy Brown was not. Um, he was not a happy bunny about it. Really, kind of felt disrespected by Jerry Gooden, and he uh, he made him know about it in this fight. Uh, this, um, ironically, this was Jerry, uh, Randy Brown's first fight where his dad uh, 
uh, Randy Senior was uh, was able to come and watch him after uh, being uh, being incarcerated. So uh, Randy really put on um, a performance for for his dad. Um, unable to get the finish, uh, but I think that's more a uh, testament to the rock solid chin of uh, of Jared Gooden uh, than uh, kind of a, a disparagement of of Randy Brown's skill set. Uh, saying that though, in the in the first round, Randy tried to come out very very quickly and almost got himself uh, into uh, a little bit of danger when uh, he, he uh, Gooden was was very aggressive, clipped him quite early, and and almost got the the back of, of Randy Brown uh, he was able to to uh, recover and Randy was able to peel away uh, landed a big front kick to the chin the, the very reminiscent of the ones by uh, Anderson Silva and, and Leo Tomachida uh, but from the, the slow-mo you could tell that um, Randy Brown came off uh, the worst aware uh, in, in that exchange because of the rock-solid chin of uh, of Jared Gooden um, whilst it, it rocked him and, and you could see uh, Randy Brown uh, trying to land some big shots Jared Gooden's able to avoid him the issue is that it, it broke uh, the tour of uh, of Randy Brown, and you could see that there was a very much a change in the in the um, attack style of Randy because he was really struggling throughout the whole of the the rest of the fight with this uh, with this broken toe, um, but he was still able to land some some big shots. He, he the you can tell the toe took a little bit of a. Uh, of the zip out of Randy Brown, so he ended up being a lot more patient. Uh, but that actually was was more helpful than the than the Randy Brown who was going in all guns blazing, because it meant that he was able to pick his shots with more accuracy. Uh, landed a huge uppercut. Um, landed um, some some nice kicks to the body. Kept switching it up and going into the break for the first round. You could see the the cornerman putting ass. On the foot of uh, of of Randy Brown, um, again the the second round started as with Gooden uh, trying to push the pace, getting aggressive, but Randy Brown straight away um, putting his range, his heart, and his and his punches to to great effect and keeping uh, Jerry Gooden at at bay, whilst also landing big big shots. Uh, the uppercut landed uh, quite a few times, and uh, Gooden was was essentially forced to throw leg kicks to try and uh, hack down the legs of Randy Brown. But this is a guy who can survive Charles Oliveira level of leg kicks uh, and still get the victory. So um, it would have took a, a lot more than that from Jared Gooden to to really hurt um, uh, Randy Brown. Uh, Randy was able to land a lot more of the the lefts um, and the straight right following it up and that really kind of a stumbled uh, Jared Gooden in, in the, the closing stages of the second half but he's able to kind of uh, shake it off um, and and end the round coming into the third round and this was the, the first time that, that Gooden wasn't able to get any kind of a success at the start um, he did come out and try and be aggressive but he was popped straight away with a jab then caught with the, the left uh, body kips uh, coming left, right, and centre from from Randy Brown. Uh, Gooden was just walking through him, but still getting absolutely tagged from from pretty much every limb. Um, Brown started to to really feel it now. Uh, tried to land the the jumping knee, uh, doing a little bit of of, of showboating. Um, 
a couple of minutes to, to go in the round and Randy Brown really wanted to try and, and, and put this fight away, really kind of turned up the, the pressure, uh, landed some, some big shots, but Jared Gooden's chin just wasn't for giving up today, absolutely made of granite. Um, and he was still able to, to land those leg kicks um, and he's, a couple of shots were, were low enough that it, it must have sent kind of that um, uh, shot waves I suppose through uh, Randy Brown's uh, leg because he was then kind of having to shake off uh, his, his the, the pain from his foot in uh, every now and again um, he, he had to kind of twitch and, and slow down the pace and it really took away from his from his momentum um, coming to the to the very end of the of the round uh, Randy Brown tries to go for a hip toss um, unable to pull it off he ends up falling uh, tried to uh, to twist it into a submission uh, but the klaxon goes and uh, all three judges gave all three rounds to uh, Randy Brown, so um, a, a very confident, solid victory for for him there in a in a killer division. And it's a shame for for Jared Gooden because he he put up a hell of a fight. So let's get into this main event. Um, Mackenzie Dern taking on Marina Rodriguez in the women's strawweight division. Uh, Mackenzie Dern looking to uh, kind of position herself as the one of the next challengers in that uh, in that very um, stacked strawweight division. Uh, and unfortunately for her, um, she came across one of the most uh, dangerous fighters. Uh, in in the whole of the the division in Marina Rodriguez, but still the the bookies had uh, Mackenzie Dern uh, handily winning this. I think um, at one point uh, Marina Rodriguez was 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 like five to one on uh, to 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 win and uh, twenty eight to one at one point for um, for a submission win. Uh, but she certainly upset the odds today, uh, picking up the the unanimous decision uh, and fair play to her. She absolutely deserved it this wasn't a, a close combat uh, contest at all uh, first round uh, and uh, uh, Marina Rodriguez knew what the the danger points of, of Mackenzie Dern were it's that that grappling and it's that gra- uh, that groundwork uh, Marina Rodriguez was able to uh, use her her length to fire off some some big kicks uh, and and pump the jab and it, it paid absolute dividends in this uh, in this first round and in uh, a lot of the other rounds uh, to come. Um, Mackenzie was uh, was swinging for the fences and able to to land some shots, but not uh, as many as Rodriguez uh, is able to. Uh, but Mackenzie uh, does at one point rush towards the uh, the clinch, try to uh, to uh, get the takedown, unable to to successfully get it, but. Uh, uh, Mackenzie Dern is able to get the the overhooks, uh, but uh, Rodriguez is uh, able to slip uh, slip aside and is uh, able to to pull away. Rodriguez then starts landing more of those big right hands uh, and uh, spinning back fist at, at the end from Mackenzie Dern, but a very dominant opening round for for Marina Rodriguez. Second round, uh, totally different picture, and this was uh, the Mackenzie Dern that we expected to see. Uh, landed some uh, big shots uh, at the beginning, uh, scrambles uh, to get the takedown, um, 
ends up uh, on the bottom after after a little bit of a scramble, uh, but is able to quickly switch position, gets uh, gets on the top, um, and gets uh, side control, uh, forcing her knees into to Rodriguez's belly, uh, able to to get north and south position, and then try and lock up a a, a Darth choke. Um, but then um, Mackenzie's able to kind of turn that into uh, a crucifix. Um, Rodriguez really kind of like um, struggling and, and kicking, kind of like a, a flailing fish trapped on a on a fishing line where she's uh, she just doesn't know what to do. But if she makes enough movement, it might put her in a in a better position. Uh, it actually didn't end up making a flip over. Um, Mackenzie was able to to get around to the back. Um, uh, Rodriguez forcing her off with uh, with the the punches, um, tries to turn out, uh, but that only gives uh, Mackenzie Dern the opportunity to get in full mount, uh, posh it up, and start to pounding on uh, on uh, Rodriguez, uh, landing some big big shocks. Uh, Rodriguez tries to use the fence to to kick off. Uh, and he's unable to to break away, and uh, again falls into uh, another crucifix uh, as uh, Mackenzie Dern tries to get the armbar. A very dominant second round for Mackenzie Dern, and that's when kind of it felt like the tide had turned, and Mackenzie was just going to to dominate from from now on. Uh, Marina Rodriguez, she had other ideas, uh, and then for the for the next three rounds. She essentially frustrated Mackenzie Dern, landing uh, big leg kicks, landing uh, jabs down the middle, uh, the overhand right, which just was working time and time again. Um, but what she she did was she was able to avoid uh, the takedowns from uh, Mackenzie Dern for for the most part, uh, and it really felt that that uh, Rodriguez had took the momentum, took the initiative uh, to to take the fight to Mackenzie Dern rather than um, allowing um, Mackenzie to, to control the, the action and dictate the pace of the fight. Um, uh, Rodriguez just uh, frustrated her with, with the jabs and the kicks uh, and not allowing Mackenzie Dern to get into a position where she goes for the level change. Uh, obviously, with someone with the grappling skill of Mackenzie Dern, sometimes it's unavoidable to for her to get in those positions. Um, but what Rodriguez was able to do for uh, the most part was was um, stuff those takedowns, avoid the, the the single legs, avoid the the, the double legs, and really kind of a uh, sprawl and and get out of a uh, out of Mackenzie um, Dern's danger zone. Rodriguez frustrated uh, Mackenzie to the point where she uh, she started to get very very wild with uh, her attempts to uh, to get the takedown uh, very very desperate, which left her open to to landing to being landed on with uh, with uh, the big big right hands and and the uh, and the leg kicks. They really kind of uh, took it out of uh, Mackenzie Dern, and then going into into the, the the final round, she had no choice but to just keep trying for those uh for those takedowns um but um rodriguez's movement and uh, the punches that she used to keep Dern away um it meant that that mckenzie had to take a lot of punishment to try and get inside for those uh grapples and for those takedowns and then coming to the um the 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 middle or so of of the final round uh, she does go for one of these takedowns and she gets tagged with a beautiful left hand, which uh, sends a staggering. Um, 
really kind of a rang her bell, I suppose. Um, she's able to, to kind of shake it off and, and goes for another takedown. Uh, but again, uh, Rodriguez is just so wily at, at staying up on her, on her feet, uh, landing straight punches, uh, putting Mackenzie off of, her, of the takedown. Uh, with a minute to go, uh, Mackenzie knows that this is a, her last chance, uh, really fires in, eats a jab straight to the face. Um, Mackenzie's eventually able to grab the uh, the body of, uh, of Rodriguez, uh, wrap herself around, uh, but Rodriguez is, just uses the fence to, to sprawl uh, Mackenzie, try to turn it into a, a, a hip toss, uh, which wasn't there, and Rodriguez able to to kind of uh, just spin away, get out of uh, uh, the range of, of Mackenzie Dern, uh, and put on a performance of a lifetime to really uh, pick this uh, victory from Mackenzie Dern. Um, yeah, the 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 new great white hope, I suppose, of the of the women's strawweight division um, fell out fell up very very short, and uh, Marina Rodriguez really kind of shown herself to be a, a huge top contender. Uh, in this division so yeah that about wraps up the uh the event and uh we're back again next week with another female headed card uh this time headed by aspen lad uh taking on norma demont in the featherweight division we've also got carlos felipe going up against andre alovsky in the heavyweight and then we've got eric gonzalez taking on jim miller in the lightweight division so uh, some potentially fun fights there um uh, so tune into um tune into five rounds next week for that uh but that's about it from me for this week so please uh, give me a follow on Twitter at PodfatherMags. Uh, follow Carlos at Kirby underscore Carlos. Hopefully he's going to be back very, very soon. Now, a lot of these uh, these upcoming UFC events are all uh, pretty early starts. So uh, you may be able to... Uh, to uh, be around for a few of them uh, poor guys having a uh, a tough time with time management um, especially with uh, with uni uh, and fighting uh, hopefully when we he's back on the show he can uh, tell us about his uh, his new fight gear which uh, he's just uh, been released on from, from Black Knights really excited about that and really deep into his training uh, for his uh, hopefully some upcoming fights um, but yeah, go and give him a follow at Kirby underscore Carlos and go and follow the amazing networks that we're proud to be a part of at Visionaries Global Media, at Radio Techers and obviously at The Chair Shot. Um, also, I uh, want to give a, a, a bit of a shout out to my, uh, my uh, Chair Shot brethren, uh, the Bandwagon Nerds guys, uh, who, as this episode drops uh, on, on Tuesday, they will have just uh, dropped the day previous the monday their 100th episode of bandwagon nerds which is a it's always one of those kind of mythical uh achievement numbers that us uh podcasters and content creators look at uh as a as a milestone uh but that that show has gone from strength to strength every single week so i'll definitely go on uh check it out definitely go and give them uh, a little bit of love uh amazing team uh that it's absolutely an honor to be part of uh the group that that they're a part of and yeah they've uh they really kind of push and, and make me want to be better at this so um thanks uh for everything that you do guys uh but yeah that's all from me and that is the end
Big time. Trying to finish. Bad. He 